0: Hey, if you've got a Bible me to me, Matthew chapter 6, we're going to get right into today's message. Um, we are like neck deep in a series called The Standard, if you're visiting, looking at Jesus' first ever preach, his first ever um, public address, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew chapter 7. And it's a very long series. It's, I think we're in our fourth or fifth month of this series. It's, it's quite going, going on a long time, but... Um, I'm really excited about what's coming up uh, in the coming weeks. Next week, Steve Farrell is going to be preaching. So make sure you're here for that. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, Two weeks' time, uh, Dr. Lois Oliver is going to be here, and she's going to be sharing. um, Thank you, my darling girl. is that beautiful? Uh, Sharing with us. And so it's going to be great just to hear um, from both a theological frame and also from a, a medical framework about stuff that's going to really help us from the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, then September, we've got uh, My Story Month coming up, which we're going to hear a bunch of people's stories, and um, it's just going to be absolutely stunning. So you don't want to miss a week. It's just going to get better and better as we get closer to Christmas. It's going to be wonderful. So Matthew chapter 6. So this series has been very practical. Um, it's, it's not your typical hey, you're awesome, Um, let's just go do life and be amazing, reach the world and save people. It's more like, hey, you're awesome, but let's look at what Jesus says about what life should actually be lived like, not what we think life should be lived like, because we all live by standards. We all live by a series of thought processes or experiences in, in our life that shape our worldview. And that's why we behave like we behave. That's why we think like we think. That's why we treat our wives or our husbands the way we treat our wives. That's how we spend the money, where we spend our money. That's how we interact with people is because of how we were brought up, how we were treated, our experiences. All those things shape our worldview and become our standard for how we operate our life. But Jesus came... To save humanity back to himself and create a new covenant, a new standard for living. So Jesus' Sermon on the Mount here is giving us a whole bunch of really super-duper practical things um, that we can measure ourselves against. To go, Am I living a discipled life for Jesus or am I living against my own set of standards? And I guarantee you when we live our life in line with Jesus' standards, that's where God's blessing and favour pours out. That's where God's uh, hand of of grace and favor falls upon us when we choose to lay down our life and take up our cross and follow Him every single day. So, today we're talking about um, not the most popular of topics um, by any stretch of the imagination, um, but Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Fasting. Oh, I'm getting hungry talking about it. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, it's like you see someone, oh, you look really tired. Yeah, I've been praying all night. Just, oh, I've been praying for like seven hours. It's like, oh, no. Just, yeah. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but... Uh, but your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will also reward you. So, before I dive into this topic, I want to ask the question. And, and this is like not a rhetorical question, this is a serious question um, for us to actually think about. Is, is fasting, the practice of fasting, is that a regular discipline in your life? Because as Christians we have regular disciplines, Like we pray, that's something we do regularly, semi-often, sometimes, hopefully, all the time. We read the Bible, that's part of a regular scheduled discipline. But how many of us would actually say that, hold on, I have put fasting intentionally into my spiritual development repertoire. Don't show your hands. I don't say that to condemn you, I say that just to, to challenge you and get you to think about this stuff because it's super important And I've only really, you know, gotten onto doing this as a regular scheduled thing in the last few years. I've only ever, I've fasted many times in my life as a Christian, but it's usually been around like a church-wide fast. All right, church, we're going to do a seven-day fast or a three-day fast together. And so we all get together and we all fast and it's all great. Um, Other times I've fasted specifically for... um, for, for breakthrough for people. So if someone comes to me and says, like it's probably happened you know, a handful of times where a, a, a man will come to me and say, listen, I'm struggling with um, the issue of, of lust and pornography in my life. And so we'll talk about it, we'll pray about it, we'll, we'll open the Bible and we'll discuss that. And then nine times out of 10, I'll say to that guy, hey, listen, every Monday we're gonna fast together for a month and, and let God do what only God can do. And so I will fast on purpose with that person. I'll text them through the day. Hey, how you going, man? Hey, yep, you? Cool, cool, cool. So again, I've done that half a dozen or so times. But they've been for specific things, like a church thing or a help someone out thing. But, but bring it into my personal world has been something that's only happened in the last couple of years. And it's been brilliant. It's been a, a wonderful way to bring me closer to God and in step with Him and actually living out uh, the standards and rhythms that He would have for us as His disciples. So what I wanted to do this morning is sort of unpack what, what is a biblical framework for fasting, what does the Bible actually teach about it, and then talk about, um, I guess, some what fasting is and what fasting isn't, and then we'll see where we go by the end of it. But um, fasting, Old Testament, basically the children of Israel would fast um, once a year. There'd be a, a scheduled time of fasting where that was under the Mosaic law um, that came down through Moses that people of Israel would fast once a year specifically occasionally there'd be specific other times where they would fast for whatever but usually everyone would be scheduled for this one particular time of year where we would fast and so that was great New Testament it sort of shifted a little bit Um, the Pharisees uh, who were like the 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 religious rulers those who were just like the, the the stuck in the muds religious guys that tried to trip up Jesus at every turn they they would fast twice a week and not because God said so, because they wanted to schedule it into their, 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 their righteous rituals to make themselves look good. It's like, hey, if I can fast twice a week, then that proves to all of you that I am more holy than you, I am more righteous, more sanctified than you, because look what I am doing to prove to you how much better I am than you. So twice a week. And no wonder Jesus says, hey, when you fast, don't do it like the hypocrites do. Do it in secret. So we see that Jesus himself fasted for 40 days, for 40 nights, before he did anything. Went into the wilderness and he fasted. He also, um, he didn't teach specifically on fasting, but he was questioned about fasting in in Matthew chapter 9. and, And essentially he encourages fasting. He doesn't discourage, he's like, yeah, fasting's good. Then if you look at Acts chapter 13, the church in Antioch, they, they, they prayed and fasted before sending Paul and Barnabas on the missionary journey. So they got together and they fasted and prayed, God, would you... So we see fasting throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament. Jesus does it. Jesus encourages it. And then all through church history, the last 2,000 years, it's really hard to find anybody who has any sort of merit theologically that doesn't endorse the practice of fasting. So it's not like that's an Old Testament thing or that's an old Bible thing. It is an absolutely in play um, discipline for us as Christians today. And I guess no one sitting here today would probably argue that. But what I wanted to look at is is not whether it is biblical or not, but what it looks like when we do it biblically. Because there's certain things that is fasting and there's certain things that I would say is not fasting, First and foremost i would say that fasting is a physical uh, discipline for spiritual purposes it's not a physical thing for a physical purpose it is the result is always spiritual and and sometimes it's like i said before we might fast with somebody else for their breakthrough and really uh, what it does is is prayer bring oh sorry fasting fasting brings us to this place of intimacy and prayer which becomes like this, this intercessory thing that fasting takes us there with um, but but oftentimes fasting is purely and simply just to bring us closer in intimacy with god more connectedness to him more more awareness of him now biblically fasting is the absence of food a very normal, basic, primitive human function that we deny ourselves for so that we can have the spiritual benefit of being close with God and, and following in, in His footsteps. That, that's what essentially it is. Now, we, we have in our wonderful, you know, luxury life of 21st century living, we, we've sort of made it a little bit different. Um, we, we will do things like, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to fast social media. Um, I'm going to fast... Fast food, or I might fast alcohol, or I might fast um, coffee, Xbox, whatever it is. All those things are great, but they're not biblical fasting. That's, that's, what I would, that's more like that's a physical act. That has a physical result because fasting, those things, is, Jesus didn't say, hey, I reckon you guys should just stop playing Xbox for three days and then I'll pour out my blessing upon you. Or if you just stop scrolling on Instagram for, for a week, then man, I'm going to open the floodgates of heaven on you. It's, it's food. Why? Because, because food, as I said, is this basic primal function for our, 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 our raw existence and survival. And when we can get mastery over that and and stop that, what happens is our body reacts and we have hunger pains. And it's those hunger pains that remind us that we need the basic nutrients and sustenance for life to exist. But then in that moment, we remind ourselves the reason I'm hungry now is because I'm abstaining from that thing that I need in order to uh, surrender myself to God who I need more. Here's where I find it a problem. If we say we're going to fast things like coffee, things like social media, things like Netflix, then what we're saying is these things are basic fundamental needs for my existence and without them I get hunger pains. So if you get hungry because you haven't watched Netflix, and I'm talking physically, I'm talking like emotionally and entertainingly hungry, like you, you, get, you crave for these things, then I would argue that you shouldn't worry about fasting you should worry about culling those things out of your life because they become an idol because netflix and coffee and alcohol all these things that you could we fast in 21st century church they're not the basic needs for our human existence to to continue to 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 live they're additional extras and if we put them in that position then we've got it all wrong that's why it's food Now, I'm, I'm all for, if you need to have a week off those things, great. Because they're cleansing things, they're, they're, they're reprioritizing things, they're helping us get our life back in balance so that those things don't become our master, they, they stay as our slave and, and they serve us and we don't serve them. And those, I'm all for that, but let's see that for what it is. That's a physical thing just for us to get mastery over our physical body. That is not a spiritual thing, in my opinion. It's spiritual when we sacrifice the very thing that God uh, puts inside of us that we need to survive which is is food. Now never do we really see in, in scripture anywhere else where that people abstain from water because we know that you need water every day to survive. Like That's a staple. But we can survive a day, two days, two weeks without food and we'll be okay. Um, so that's, that's, that's my thoughts around that. Um, is that okay? Because and the thing I don't want to ever preach to is that we, we fast because it's religious. I, I would say if, if you're fasting because you feel like it's a religious thing you should do, then you're probably better to not fast than to fast. Because the goal of fasting is not um, compliance. The goal of fasting is intimacy. And compliance is the outcome of religion. And, and God's not wanting robots God's wanting sons and daughters who, who are willing to draw near to him um, and sacrifice for a closeness with him. Um, he's not wanting us just to be little monkeys that just clang the symbols and do the, the religious tasks. Um, and so I, I would say start small. For me, um, this, this is the ironic thing, it's like, to preach this and tell you what I do is to sort of violate the scripture because it's like, um, don't tell people when you're doing it. My hands are tied. But the, the goal is when we, what Jesus says about this is like, when you fast, don't make a big deal about it, don't be hyper religious to try and draw attention to yourself. Hey everyone I'm fasting, guys, I'm fasting. Sorry. Can't come out for coffee today, I'm fasting. Yeah, I can't come for dinner, I'm fasting. Um as soon as we have that where we want the approval or 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 praise of others, then we get that and that's our reward. Jesus says that. That's your reward. If that's what you want is the praise of other people, the approval of other, other people then go ahead, tell them when you're praying. Tell them when you're reading the Bible. Instagram your quiet time. Um, Do all this stuff. And when you get the like and you get the comment, Jesus goes, well, there's your reward. I had something far greater from you that was held in secret because I'm the one who sees in secret and will reward you. But you didn't want your secret thing to be secret. You wanted your secret thing to be public because you cared more about the praise of men than you did about the secret place of intimacy with me where I'll truly reward you and truly bless you. Oh, hurts, doesn't it? But it's true. And this is what I'm trying to, to, to do with myself and with us is to unwind the religious factor that we buy into, which makes things like fasting um, superstitious, not supernatural. Whereas if I just do this and I abstain from food for one day, then God will bless me. Well, that's transactional. That, that puts us in the distribution seat of god's blessing because god i know the formula if i do a then i get b and so we almost cut god out of the equation because we've decided that that's what we want so that's what we do to get it but the goal is not what jesus can do for us the goal is not what we can get from jesus the goal is jesus himself He is the goal. He is the prize. Intimacy with him is more than enough. When he fills the cup of our soul, that is far greater than any blessing we could have material or otherwise. And that's the beauty of fasting. That's the beauty of scripture. That's the beauty of prayer. That's the beauty of of serving and being generous without nobody knowing you're doing it. It's called the discipline of obscurity. Being like Jesus and nobody knows you're doing what you're doing. So fasting. Um, so what, what I've done this year, and look, it hasn't been perfect. I had a great run for about three months, and then stuff happens and schedules change whatever, but I, I was fasting every Thursday. I would fast till dinner, and then I would have dinner with the family. It would be awesome. It would break the fast, and that would be my day. Um, and it was, it was awesome. It was absolutely wonderful. It was bringing it into that regular rhythm of of being with God and every time I'd get hungry, it's like, God, I thank you. The reason I'm hungry is because my soul is hungry for you and I want to remind my body that that's the case by fasting today. And I thank you that you are with me. I thank you that you are near me. I thank you that your presence goes before me. And and so it's just this beautiful time of just being with God. And then, as I said, schedules change. Stuff happens. Um, Birthdays happen and, you know, it's like, I've got a birthday lunch to go to. When it's your own birthday you kind of got to eat at that lunch. It's just weird. Um, because I couldn't say no, I can't eat because I'm fasting because I ruined my room a reward. So I might as well not fast at all. See how that works? Yeah, yeah. And, and people say that, you know, after a, a three-day fast that they feel like they, they think clearer. And it's true. But again, the, the goal is not, Physical. It's a physical act for a spiritual reward, because a non-Christian will fast for three days and have a clear mind, because that's what happens physiologically to our body when we get rid of the toxins and things out of it. We're able to think clearer. We're free of all that sort of stuff. So it's not. That might be a side product, which is great, but the goal itself is never physical. The goal itself is always spiritual. Always. So my question: How do we? How do you, not we, because everyone's life looks different, how do, how do we bring this practice into our, our daily living? How do we bring this discipline into, not daily living, because we need to eat every day, but in, into our rhythms of discipleship, into our rhythms of spiritual development? Um, start with skipping a meal. Start simple. Start, oh, I'm not going to have breakfast today, or I'm going to skip lunch. And then when lunchtime comes around, God, I thank you that you are good, that you are faithful. And today, I'm going to skip this meal to be more aware of you, to feel your presence in my everyday life. And then that might build up over months. So you might do a whole day, 24 hours. And then eventually you could do a three-day or a seven-day, whatever it is. And those things about Netflix and the things about coffee and those things about other stuff, do those things, but do them more as a general health thing. Do them more to get mastery over your body and your life and your schedule. But the, abs- the abstaining from food for a short period of time, that's spiritual. That's sacred. That's, that's your development as a disciple. That's, that's beautiful. Um, I remember the first time I did a fast. Because it's not always easy. This, this might sound glossy and idealistic and perfect, but I, I remember the first time I did a three-day fast. And I was so adamant it was just going to be water for three days. Um, until two o'clock in the afternoon on day one, <laughs> when my body realized, you haven't had coffee yet. And it was, it was hell. Like, I literally, this, this sounds bad and you're probably going to go, you have, an, you have an addiction issue. Well, we've all got issues. <laughs> this, was, this was like pre-kids. This was like 15 years ago. Um. So the addiction is even worse now. <laughs> Let's be honest, it's terrible. It's out of control. Um, yes, Luca, it's all your fault. I'm kidding, um, but seriously. So two o'clock in the afternoon and I just started getting these sweats. I was like, what is this? I get this like, headache that just felt like someone had a vice clamping down on my brain. And then... Um, I remember at home I was like I just need to lie down I just, like, it just feels like wow I just feel like this cold shakes getting nauseous and then I was like Anna can you just shut the blinds the light is just it's just too much and, I and then it was probably about half an hour an hour just feeling like absolute death and I was like this is coffee withdrawals this is, at that stage I was working at Glory Jean so I was probably drinking way more coffee than I was now um, you just drink it all the time and so that night at um, 5 o'clock we had our because it was a a church wide fasting um, thing we had our first prayer meeting we were doing prayer meeting every night I think it was 5 o'clock or whatever it was um, each night and so 2 o'clock I was like man I can't even get to prayer tonight this is so bad and I was like devil I rebuke you and it got to the point It's like I've got to get to prayer I've got to get to prayer and this is me being honest right this is me being real on my way to the prayer meeting went to Glory Jeans. (laughs) And ordered a long black, double shot. Possibly the best coffee I've had in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And the sad thing was after the third sip, my headache was gone. The shakes had stopped. And life was perfect again. (laughs) But I felt like I'd failed. I felt like you couldn't even get through a day without fasting because you've got this flipping coffee thing going on. Um, but a, a religious person would go, you failed, you're not good enough, you're not worthy. A righteous person saved by grace says, God, I stuffed that up. That that's clearly there's an issue in my life. I'm gonna try again tomorrow because I know your is in you again tomorrow. I'll give another crack tomorrow. I'm not gonna feel like a failure today. I'm going to just go into tomorrow with a different attitude, with a different spirit, knowing that you're not going to hold that against me, that I'm going to continue to, to pursue you and seek you because you are the goal. And uh, so, so give yourself grace. Give yourself permission to fail. It's not going to be easy, but, but also give yourself permission to have a crack. Give yourself permission to dream and think about your own spiritual development. Give yourself permission to, to make a time once a week, once a month where you'll fast. Just a meal just for the sake of being part of that spiritual discipline of drawing closer to God, just like we do with prayer, just like we do with reading the Bible, bringing that into our regular rhythms to shape us in the image of Christ. Can I pray for you again? Just because I love you and praying's good. So good. Father, I just thank you so much for today. Lord, I know this, this message hasn't been earth-shattering and encouraging people to take on the world, but, but I know that the results... Of, of practical disciplines like this that your word is so clear on will result in our, our growth our, our strengthening Lord God a more intimacy with you God a more a deeper awareness that you are with us each and every day Lord and that that awareness and that relationship and that intimacy is worth far more than gold so I thank you Lord that you would just challenge us gently in where we need to grow and how we can integrate this discipline Lord God And that when we do do it, we're not doing it for religious reasons. We're not doing it to to show people how righteous we are. We're not doing it to impress other people. But we're doing it to get closer to you. We're doing it in the secret because it's in the secret place that you see and it's in the secret place where you reward. So Lord God, would you just speak to us? Would you challenge us? God, help us to shift our standards to be in line with your standards. Because that's where life in its fullest flows, when we engraft ourselves into the true vine. And let the standards of the kingdom of heaven flow through our life, that we might bear much fruit. So God, would you bless us? Would you bless our families? Bless our nation? Bless our hearts? Bless our minds? Bless our souls? In Jesus' name. Amen.